Welcome back to the Diamond Comic Book. Comic Book Spot Swag. Okay. Welcome back to the Dime Comic Bros Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Colin. Not joined by Spencer. We, I, I, I always say last name. You do, and Jacob gives you shit for it every time. Uh, Welcome back to the Dime Comic Bros Podcast. He, Colin is joined by me, uh, Spencer. Jacob is not Di- here, he's dead right and now. Spencer is joined by his grave. Yeah, and yeah, sure. I'm here alone. Yeah, we have Jacob's corpse in the corner. Say hi. Yeah, he's he's dead. Oh, um, he's he's busy doing some things. He had a bit of a, a family emergency. Yeah, back home in the grave. Yeah, in the ground. Yeah, back back in where all the dwarves come from. He's an elf. No, he's not. No, he's an elf. I don't think so. He's a little elf baby. I don't think so. Yeah, he's an elf. My dad always says he's an elf, and everyone knows him as an elf now. Interesting. Why buy a comic that might cost more than a dime? Come meet the brothers who are here to waste your time. Uh, we have a lot of news. So, I'm just... I'm fucking pissed. Just jumping into it, Colin, go first. Trust me. Uh, okay. From DC.com, the Max Original Adult Animated Special Harley Quinn, a very... A uh, problematic Valentine's Day special debuts Thursday, February 9th on HBO Max. Synopsis, as Harley goes to, oh, I know about this, goes to obsessive lengths to ensure that her first Valentine's Day with Ivy is the best ever, Bane's efforts to impress an unexpected date go horrib- horribly awry. Meanwhile, after an unfortunate online dating encounter, Clayface engages in some self-love... Oh no! I'm I'm quite looking forward to this. Uh, this shit I, is so gay. I love it. I love it. I binged so... through season three in like a week. Maybe that's not binge. It was like three days, um, and I'm. I, it was a shorter season than the last two, which is annoying. Um, I have a feeling they might be killing time to find out if they're getting. They already said they're getting renewed for a fourth season, but that was before DC shakeups version eighty seven thousand two hundred forty. Yeah, pretty much. So I think they might be, like, <laughs> killing time to see if they're going to get canned before they go into production on the next season. Maybe. Just an idea. Making, like, a, a, a double episode long Valentine's Day special is cute, though. Why not? They're gay. Yeah, sure. They do a little mwah-mwah, so, like, why not? Mwah-mwah-mwah. flicky <laughs> From Marvel.com. In 2021, Marvel Comics dared to venture into the terrifying, unrelenting world of the alien and explore <laughs> never-before-seen corners of the iconic horror-slash-science-fiction franchise to the delight of longtime fans and newcomers. This bold age of alien comic storytelling will continue this April with an all-new ongoing alien series by superstar creators Declan Shelvey and <clears throat> Andrea Barocco. Ricardo. Bricar- I'm dumb. Ricardo. The pair will continue the riveting work that Philip Kennedy Johnson and artists Salvador LaRocca and Julius Ota began as they uncover dark new horrors of the alien mythos. This exciting new chapter of the alien legacy will introduce a new cast of characters on a remote world in search of a groundbreaking scientific breakthrough. Word of advice, don't have sex in space. It's the worst thing you can do. Just start there. Don't, don't fuck. Uh... They'll have to quickly decide if their mission is worth it when night falls and they find themselves hunted by the legendary Xenomorph. It's incredibly exciting to take on such a brilliant franchise. The potential for great stories is limitless, Shalvi said. 
I feel like the themes from the films remain quite relevant today, which makes me feel like we're able to f- tell contemporary stories set in that iconic universe. I'm very much hoping to channel the mood and atmosphere of those films while doing something new, and Andrea has done an incredible job of putting the reader in that recognizable world. With this new series, I think we'll have a really interesting addition to the lore of Alien. Dive into the next thrilling Alien saga this April. So Jacob and I actually read the first chunk of the of the last run um had mixed feelings on it but it is it's it is incredibly weird that like because well disney owns god forsaken everything uh marvel comics have like multiple uh, like iconic 80s franchise comics running at the same time like we have an alien run we have a predator run um planet of the apes is starting up again soon like there's constantly a bunch of like old franchises which are being published by Marvel. It's it's just weird. Huh. Sounds like a solid team. Sir. Uh, <clears throat> from from comicbook.com, the Titans are stepping up to replace the Justice League in the DC universe and they're doing it in a new ongoing series. Titans comes from the fan-favorite creative team of Tom Taylor and Nicholas Scott, who previously worked together on Earth 2. Tom Taylor is currently writing Dick Grayson's Adventures in Nightwing, and its 100th issue teased the reformation of Titans in Bloodhaven. The new Titans series spins out of the events of Nightwing number 100 and Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths, with the Justice League alive again but taking a backseat to the former sidekicks. Tom Taylor and Nicholas Scott spoke to Popverse about Titans and how they're helping to transition the team past the hallmark Marv Wolfman and George Perez run. I think we're just fulfilling the promise, Taylor said. It's always been there. There's been so many storylines, so many moments over the decades where people have said, you will step up and you will be the premier superhero, uh, superior team. You will be the next Justice League. And then it just doesn't happen. The amount of times that Batman has told Nightwing that he will lead, or that Superman told him that he will lead, and it didn't happen. Finally, now in 2023, the Titans get to step up and be the premier superhero team of the DC Universe. So it's ridiculously exciting that we finally get to fulfill that. Taylor added how the Titans will continue to operate in their signature manner, and not try to emulate the Justice League. There's a moment in issue one where Nightwing responds to authority, and Batman would always do that in a certain way. But Nightwing is just like, yeah, but we can work together if you want. We don't need weird antagonist relationships. It's very difficult. Uh, it's a very different feeling. Ugh. It's a very different feel, a very different dynamic, he said. And I love that as this group of characters comes together to fill the shoes of the Justice League, the vacancy that the Justice League are leaving, they're not deciding to call themselves the Justice League. They're 100% the Titans, Nicholas Scott said. Huh, so they're not the Justice League, but they're just the Titans. So, but yeah. they are the Justice League. They're taking the place of the Justice League in terms of DC Publishing's like team book, but they're not... Yeah, not you guys are now the Justice League. So this is weird. I get there's some there's some people that are a little there's some people that are annoyed in some ways, which I kind of understand because like 
obviously, this has been teased a bajillion times, you know? Like, all of these characters have been doing other stuff for so long. Nightwing's been Nightwing for, like, 30 years now. Um, Wally West Flash has a wife, two children, and has been the Flash, the, the main man, for, like, decades in the comics, especially during that time where uh, Barry just dipped off the face mm-hmm. of existence for, yep. like, 15 yep. years. Yep. So, like, I get why people think it's, like, it's, like, too little too late. I can kind of understand that, but I, th- I, I think with comics, it is one of the, it's just kind of part of the medium. Like, it, it will, if too any... Too little too late to be the Justice League? Not, not, like, it's... Like, it, it's a frustration of, like, so now you're gonna do it, but, like, like how, I don't know, it's just, like, a hesitancy of, like, how is this creative team gonna pull this off? Because we've been asking <clears throat> for this for so long, and it almost feels like you, almost feels like you don't want it anymore, because comics are cyclical. We know this. Time is flexible. DC reboots all the time. Marvel just shoves everything in one continuity. So, like, the constant fluctuation of, like, age and growth and development is is always all over the place. So I, I get, like, when they finally actually do a progression, you hesitate because you're like, are they going to actually commit to it or are they going to backtrack in five minutes? Like... Uh, it happens constantly, but I think with just the general vibe that DC's been pushing, I I think it's gonna stick. Obviously, twelve months later, the Justice League will be back. Like that's not up for debate. Duh. The ju- like it's gonna be like a twelve issue run. They say it's an ongoing, but like it, it's the Justice League. But I like the idea of one. Obviously, just them. They're all like. In- <laughs> so all this of- changes nothing. Yes and no. No, it doesn't. Change it allows them because they're not the league. All the league members are still there. But because of all the stuff of the last event, they're just like, we're tired. We're gonna go take a big nap. I don't wanna do I don't wanna be in a team right now. So they're just gonna all go do their own stuff. And now the Titans, okay. because the Titans are they're all in like soft age of like their late twenties, early thirties now. Yeah, like yeah. none of them are close to being Teen Titans anymore. So it makes sense for them to fill the shoes. Yeah. But not they're not then they're not the league. They've been part of the league. All, like half the members of of the Titans right now have been part of the league at some point in its mm-hmm. history. But it's nice that it's it's like the iconic team. But like they are actually all grown up. Not just some of them are grown up, like Nightwing or Wally. They are all grown up now, mm-hmm. like Rugrats. You follow? Maybe. Sure, but like, why are we? Why are we like? Marketing this as the the new Justice League when it's literally not that they're just they are though that's no the, it, they're not they're just older they're just Titans they're well, just the, the old Titans I think you're confusing the difference between in continuity and like d- how DC publishing works there isn't a Justice League book there it there will not be a Justice League book for probably twelve to like twelve months maybe two years tops. okay and the Titans book is the big DC premier team book now. It's like, guys, look, they're all adults. They're taking the place of the league in universe, and we're pushing them. But of course, yeah, and because that's it's... my problem. Why is that? Is how long is that going to last? Are they actually going to make that a thing? Like keep it a thing? I think they're, no. They're, it's just it's well, just duh. a thing for the moment. Of course it is. It's comics. That is part of the deal. Sadly, no. But I, like, it's it, it's not being in that sense. Then it doesn't change a thing. It's just, hey, here's our big book for, for the moment. Oh, yeah, we're going to go back to the Justice League. Sorry. Well, what about when Nightwing was Batman? When Batman was dead for a while. This happens all the Did that not, was that not still an important stepping stone when he had to fill those shoes for like two or three years in comics? Sure, yeah. That was a thing. 
but, but they're we not, knew he they're was not eventually the steps for tight uh, for Justice League. It's just they're still just Titans. No, they're still they're, ju- they're filling they're filling an our world thing, not an actual in comic in continuity thing. It's both. So it's if not. it when I don't know Mongol comes to Earth or whatever, they're not calling the League because the League the League is disbanded. They're calling the Titans. The president of the UN put presses the button on the statue and it calls Dick Grayson. That's that's the point. You're a goofball. No, I'm not. From DC.com, the year-long publishing initiative Dawn of DC officially kicked off yesterday with the release of Action Comics 1051 from the superstar creative team of Philip Kennedy Johnson, Rafael Sandova, Dan Jurgens, Lee Weeks, Lee Williams, and Margaret Savage. Through the year, fans can expect epic new storylines, creative superstar teams, and supervillains that will push the superheroes beyond their limits. Today, DC is announcing new creative teams on three upcoming Dawn of DC titles, Titans, Green Lantern, and Cyborg. Uh, we just talked about the Titan bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, the visionary team of Jeremy Adams and uh, Zermenko from Flashpoint Beyond <laughs> present a tale of redemption, loss, and finding out that maybe you can go home again in Green Lantern. Spinning out of the events of Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths, the Guardians of Oa at the heart of the Green Lantern Corps have quarantined Sector... 2814, home of planet Earth and its champion along with it. A heartbreaking defeat has sent Hal reeling, returning home to rediscover his roots and find the man responsible for ruining his life, Sinestro. At least if he's willing to hotwire a power ring to do it. Green Lantern number one is available at local comic book shops on May 9th and also features part one of the John Stewart Green Lantern run from writer Philip Kennedy Johnson and artist Osvaldo Montos. A war journal epic begins anew. Writer Morgan Hampton from the Milestone in- Initiative Talent Development Program joins forces with veteran artist Tom Rainey from Green Lantern and Uncanny X-Men to give Cyborg the dawn of DC epic he deserves starting on May 16th. When a family emergency brings Cyborg back home to Detroit, Victor Stone surprisingly finds himself enjoying returning to the simpler life where everybody sees him for who he really is and always was, rather than a larger-than-life superhero. <laughs> It's been a while since Vic's been able to lose, to lower his guard and seek a purpose outside of being Cyborg 24-7, but a lot has changed in Detroit while Victor's been away. An aggressive new company is turning the Motor City into an overclocked engine for revolutionary artificial intelligence, and no one knows better than Cyborg that technological transformation always comes at a steep human price. Fans can also get a preview of what's to come for Cyborg in Hampton's story in DC Power, A Celebration, uh, which was available on January 31st. I did read that. Um, they're just announcing more stuff on the slate. I am interested in the Green Lantern run, not just because, oh my god, Green Lantern, oh my god, my favorite thing ever. Oh my god, Green Lantern. But I do, I love it when they do weird stories, when it's not just like, I don't know, the team of Green Lanterns are like doing stuff in space and like, dang, we found a we found an alien race. We'll have we'll have shenanigans, you know? Like I like those sort of types of stories, but I like it when they do, they do weird shit. Like the Earth One books were kind of crazy. Um, Jacob talked about those recently, and I like that this is, like, the art that they've released for it. It's a bunch of, like, <sighs> Sinestro wearing a hoodie. It's an incredibly strange phenomenon. But, like, like the... Making an Earth-bound Green Lantern story sometimes can miss the entire point of Green Lantern is that, like, he's a space cop from space. Yes. But sometimes it can really nail down, like, the character work. Um, a lot of, uh, the early parts of Jeff Johns run from like the mid 2000s had a lot of that sort of stuff. And I just, I like, I like the whole 
what you know like what are you without your powers type stuff you know like well what if your ring doesn't work like what what even are you bro are you even a lantern bro do you even fly bro for real but also hot wiring a ring sounds like fun so you know i don't i don't even know how that works like who do you call like zatanna or something the hot wire ring yeah like hot wiring a green lantern ring how does that work hot what are lantern rings made out of good question like, like, I'm where do you? You don't even know. Well, it depends because every run, it's a different yeah. explanation. Okay. Sometimes, sometimes the rings aren't even like exactly real. Sometimes, like the rings are a construct made by like the main power battery. So I like de- that. It really just depends. I like that. They're just a construct. It's in your mind, man. It's in your mind. <laughs> All right. So, exclusive from ew.com. That's gay. Lex Luthor is coming for revenge on Superman and Lois. You can exclusively reveal that Michael Cudlitz, the Walking Dead Southland, has been cast on the CW's Superman drama as a new version of the iconic DC Comics supervillain in Season 3. According to the official character description, Cudlitz... Lex Luthor is known to the world as the visionary billionaire behind LexCorp, but secretly the criminal underworld knows who Lex truly is, a brutal psychopath who terrorizes anyone he cross anyone he crosses paths with. When Lex debuts this season, it's been years since he dropped out of the public eye and he's reemerging hellbent on correcting a personal injustice by enacting revenge on the two people he feels have wronged him, Superman and Lois Lane. Didn't we already get a Lex Luthor? So I was going to mention that. Um, I Because I don't follow, obviously, the CW stuff very much, basically at all, other than Superman and Lois, um, I don't remember since the the Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover they did, which was garbage, I don't remember if Supergirl and, and Superman were are still in the same continuity, because in that we did get a, a Lex Luthor for Supergirl, he was fine. Um, I think he died. I don't know. No, remember. I'm talking about in the first season of Lo- uh, of Superman and Lois that the one of the main guys. Was, I don't believe so. Yeah, he was like if Suthor. he was, it might have been a placeholder then. Like uh, we don't actually know who we're gonna have. Like it was like a temporary decision or something. He basically looked like he was steel. Weird. Like he had that metal suit, and he's from the future. No, there is steel on Superman <clears throat> and Lois. He's a whole. He's. I know, but this was like weird. I don't. It's been like two years since I watched the first season. I don't remember, man. But Michael Cudlitz is. Um, oh, what's his name? Abraham from Walking Dead. Oh shit! I see it, Ginger. Yeah, I I see. Oh it. shit! What one, the fuck? One Ginger Lex Luthor, we winning. But we I, I, I see the vision, especially just with them explicitly saying like he's he's been involved in the underworld and like he can just yeah kick, like he's he'll just go Joker mode and like kick the shit out of people like that. Oh, so he's kingpin. Basically, <laughs> he's basically. just kingpin. <laughs> I, I, you know, for a show, Superman and Lois is incredibly bizarre in how it does everything. Like it's not some like quintessential Superman show. It does weird shit, but most of it works. I, I'm down. I'm down. I also think Superman and Lois is going to be getting canceled because I think, because basically everything is getting canned and restarted. I just think... So for Teen Titans Go. Yes. Because that shit makes so much fucking money. Yeah. Um, but I think Superman and Lois, they just didn't announce it yet because the third season hasn't started airing yet. So I think they wanted to get it on air before they announced that they're probably canceling it. Yep. Is my strong gut feeling because of our next story, or actually our two next stories. 
From MSN.com, Titans and Doom Patrol, the DC Comics dramas that were originally developed to help launch the former DC Universe streaming service, are coming to an end. The current fourth seasons of both of the Greg Berlanti-produced HBO Max dramas will be their last, sources tell The Hollywood Reporter. Sources say producers on both Titans and Doom Patrol saw the writing on the wall amid all the changes with DC Entertainment and plotted their current seasons with proper endings so as not to leave fans in a lurch. Oh, so we are getting proper ending seasons. Yes, thank God. Because oh, okay. at first I was getting a little nervous because, so I've been following, I've, sadly, I did watch Titans season four, well, the first half, because the second halves aren't released yet. I but didn't watch season three. Don't, it's, just don't, just don't, just don't. I, it's it's my, I, I don't know why I'm doing this, but I'm doing it anyways. I thing. might do it too, just because everyone keeps asking me stupid questions. Titans season four is much worse than season three. Season three was like, okay. But... Doom Patrol has been great this season. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm excited to keep watching Doom Oh my Patrol. gosh, it's so good. But I, I, I'm very annoyed with them splitting the seasons in half. I've always disliked that type of a release schedule. Not... Mm-hmm. Um, some shows, like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. had this, where, like, the, the two halves were basically two different seasons. Like, they, were, they had entirely different villains and themes and whatever, you know? Um, this is clearly, like, they didn't just, it's just the middle of the show. They just need a break for whatever reason. And it's not to, like, go film more stuff. They produced it as one season, and they're just breaking it up for release. It, it's not, like, a on the showrunner or whatever. That's, like, whoever's running HBO Max for this week, you know? Um, but it is nice that they're getting an ending. It also makes sense with the direction the characters have been going in season three and four. They've... It, it feels like we're coming... It's like, even if they could keep going, I feel like five would be the wall, you know? The inevitable Usually TV, five seasons are... Five is like the end. It's like, you've done everything you can without being repetitive or stretching out too much filler. Titans, uh, the only reason I'm sad about it is just because it is such a shame for such usually a pretty good cast, you know, for that insane show. Like, it's a garbage show, but most of the cast members are pretty good. Not necessarily because... All of them feel like they're on a different show from each other. Yeah. But in, yeah, but in a vacuum, each one of them is, almost all of them are, like, fine to really good. Like, Brenton Thwaites as Dick Grayson is a great casting. But also, why would you waste them on this bad source material? Because also now half these people are going to be too old to play these roles ever again. It's just it's just kind of annoying. Um, well, we need mullet. I need Nightwing with a fucking mullet. No. No, I mean like the 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 long. You know the the photo I showed you of him. The like the edit. Yeah, while that was yeah, great. It's not a mullet. It's but it's definitely, <laughs> whatever. It's um long hair. It's a, it's a haircut. That's for sure. Maybe they'll they'll do it at some point. From msn.com, Pennyworth has been canceled at HBO Max after three seasons. Variety has learned the third season, officially titled Pennyworth: The Origin of Batman's Butler, was the first. <laughs> season of the show to originate on HBO Max. The series originally debuted on Epics in 2019 with season 2 airing on that channel in two chunks in 2020 and 2021. Seasons 3 launched on HBO Max in October 2022. (laughs) I can't believe it lasted three seasons. This show is the craziest thing ever put to screen. The origin of Batman's butler. You know, I I love that they felt the need to change the title for season three because people didn't know what it's about. So the first season is actually pretty good, and it's fine. It was originally planned as a Gotham prequel. I know, a prequel to a prequel. Like, what the... what? what, How many more layers do we go? But the net, like, two kind of fell off. And I haven't finished season three, but I'm aware of the fact... 
they include V for Vendetta bullshit. So Alan Moore is just rolling over in his grave that he sleeps in because Alan Moore isn't dead yet. He, like, what are you doing? The show is so off the rails. I know that the last, I saw it on Twitter, sadly, the last scene of the show is Alfred getting married and then a nuke going off. (laughs) What the fuck is this TV show? Huh? Yeah, exactly. Um, It's probably good. It's getting canceled, so there's a fresh slate, you know, because DC is so poor right now, like, financially speaking, they need to consolidate so many resources to, like, get the budget to make a movie, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, can you get the next tiny little one? Because I'm going to do the big one. Oh. Amazon Prime released a teaser trailer for Invincible Season 2, streaming late 2023. Did you watch it? Have you seen I it? I didn't see the trailer yet, but I am very excited. I'm Because also it's drawn by a porn artist. I was about to say... <laughs> Okay, okay, so I think it's funny that this seems to be uh, almost either just because I've the, peop- the the shows that I watch are doing this more, or this is a trend where trailers have not become trailers anymore. They have become, hey, here's some clips, and guess what? You're going to get another season, but we're not going to make like an actual trailer, but we're telling you, new season! Yes. They did that with Harley Quinn. Yeah, no, it's um, a priv- it's a very frequent thing where it's like a lot of our trailers have just become. I hate to say trailer is an advertisement because they're all advertisements, but like, there's kind of no effort put into it. Yes. Whereas I like that that's it's not none of that's footage from the show. It's just we <coughs> we can we gave one guy a hundred bucks to make a thing that says hey uh, more shit's coming and here's a little 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 jokey thing you know it's cute. I like I I like it. I like the I just like the fact that like they're very open about the fact yeah like we hired like a not safe work artist for this. It it tracks. I think it's I'm funny. I'm looking forward to the to the show. I it's been two years. I think it's been two years. Two. It might have been three years. Came out. In I think it's twenty one. I think was it twenty? Oh, okay. So it's been three years. Never mind. I think so. <sighs> damn. Very much looking forward to it. It's just been so damn long. Okay, we got the we got the big one, the big one, the big the big shit. Every the one everyone's been waiting for, the big thing. From DC.com. I, I shit my pants. I pulled this, this, all of this information from three different articles, a Twitter post, and James Gunn's official video. So this is a lot of information. I did, what, I did the best thing I could. DC Studios co-chairman and CEOs James Gunn and Peter Safran announced plans for their first 10 film and television projects under the new DC banner they lead across film, television, and animation. I think we've gotten lucky with the next four movies because we have Shazam, which leads into Flash, which resets everything, which then goes into Blue Beetle, which is totally disconnected from everything that came before and can be a part of the DCU, which goes into Aquaman, which leads into Superman Legacy, our first big project, he explains. It's James Gunn. But the one thing that we can promise is that everything from our first project forward will be canon and will be connected. We're using some actors from the past. We're not using other actors from the past. But everything from that moment forward will be connected and consistent. As we craft the plan for DC Studios, we are thrilled to share with fans the first 10 stories they can expect from the unified DC universe, featuring some of our most well-known characters as well as the next generation of marquee characters, said Saffron. Chapter 1, Gods and Monsters, tells cohesive stories that highlight love, compassion, and the innate goodness of the human spirit, all designed to minimize audience confusion and maximize audience engagement across platforms. 
Many of the following projects are already being worked on, but we're remaining flexible and we're going to adjust because we nev we're never going to put a project into production before the script is right. This is a general timeline, but there will be flexibility within it. The DCU is a multiverse, but we're going to be focusing on one universe from that multiverse, explains Saffron. And if something isn't DCU, we're going to make that very clear. So strictly adult fare, like Todd Phillips' Joker, or kids' animation, like Teen Titans Go!, we're going to make it very clear that those are DC Elseworlds, just the same way that they do it in the comic books. Here is the slate and information for each project. Creature Commandos. It is an animated television series. Uh, James Gunn says, The first series that we're doing, and I've already written the entire series, is Creature Commandos. It's an animated TV series, and this is uh, they show some art from the animation company that is doing it. Creature Commandos is based on a great team from DC. Next is Waller a live-action television series. Uh, James Gunn says, Viola Davis is coming back as her character, Amanda Waller. This is also going to have some of the Peacemaker team in it as regulars on the show. This basically follows up Peacemaker. We have two great creatives working on it, Crystal Henry, who is a writer on Watchmen, and Jeremy Carver, who created the Doom Patrol TV show. They have this incredibly marvelous story worked out that I think is really fantastic. Peter Safran adds, This series will sit between Peacemaker Season 1 and Season 2. The next project is Superman Legacy, a live-action film. Safran said, This is really the launch of the DCU. The first two projects are an amuse-bouge for what's coming up with Superman Legacy. James is currently writing it. We're hoping that he will direct it. It is not an origin story. It focuses on Superman balancing his Kryptonian heritage with his human upbringing. Superman represents truth, justice, and the American way. He is kindness in a world that thinks, as kind, thinks of kindness as old-fashioned. Gunn adds, with our stories, we want to take it away from good guys versus bad guys. There are really good, almost saintly people, and Superman is among them. Among, among us. Among us. There are really terrible villains like Gorilla Grodd or the Joker, and then there's everybody in between them. So there are all these shades of gray which allow us to tell complex stories. Safran adds, and we have a release date, July 11th, 2025. The next project is Lanterns, a live-action TV show. Safran says, our next project is another TV series. We call it Lanterns, and it is starring two of our favorite Green Lanterns, Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart. Oh, 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 oh. It's going to be with HBO Max, as all of our series are that we're going to talk about today. It is more of a true detective-style mystery with our two <clears throat> lanterns, a terrestrial-based mystery, and Gunn continues, this leads into the overall story that we're telling throughout the different movies and television shows. We find this ancient horror on Earth, and these guys are basically super cops on a precinct Earth. Safran continues, the story is going to weave back and forth between the films and the television shows. Peacemaker is a good example of how that works, and that's what we're going to do with this big overarching story that we're telling. The next project is The Authority, a live-action film. Gunn says, this is one of my real passion projects. I've been working really hard on it with the writers, and we're starting to put together the entire story. This is a I really... To read that. Yes. This is a really big movie. I don't know how many of you are familiar with The Authority. They're Wildstorm characters. Wildstorm was a comics imprint that was bought by DC that I really love. We're moving a lot of these Wildstorm characters into the DCU. The Authority's a very different kind of superhero story. They are basically good-intentioned, but they think that the world is completely broken and the only way to fix it is to take things into their own hands, whether that means killing people, destroying heads of state, changing governments, basically whatever they want to do to make the world better. We'll see how that journey goes for them. The next project is Paradise Lost. It is a live-action television series. Safran says, This is a Game of Thrones-type story about Themyscira slash Paradise Island. Oh! Home of the Amazons and the birthplace of Wonder Woman. 
This involves all of the darkness, drama, and political intrigue behind this society of whammon. Gun uh, goes on, it is an origin story about how this society came about. What does it mean? What are their politics like? What are their rules? Who's in charge? What are the games that they play with each other to get on top? Hot. <laughs> I think it's really exciting. Safran continues, the events take place before Diana's birth. The next project is The Brave and the Bold, a live-action film. Gunn says this is the introduction of the DCU's Batman. It is not Robert Pattinson. It is not Ben Affleck. We're working with Robert. On... Batman and Robin. We're working with Robert on the Batman Part 2 with Matt Reeves, and we're working with Ben Affleck, who has been a part of our team trying to bring things together, and he really wants to direct one of our projects. We're excited for him to do that. This is a story of Damian Wayne, who's Batman's biological son that he didn't know existed for the first 8 to 10 years of his life. He was raised as a little murderer and assassin. He's my favorite Robin. It's based on the Grant Morrison comic run, which is one of my favorite Batman runs. We're putting it all together right now. Safran continues, this is going to feature other members of the extended Bat family, just because we feel like they've been left out of the Batman stories in the theater for far too long. I don't know how I feel about this. The next project is Booster Gold, a live-action TV series. Safran says, a total fan favorite, as you know, a loser from the future who uses his basic future technology to come back to today to pretend to be a superhero. Yep. Gun continues, I think of it as basically the story of a superhero's imposter syndrome. Who do you de- how do you deal with that? It's about how he tries to use this future tech to be beloved by the people of today and what is really at the base of that. It is a character story that's going to be a very different type of show, and we're talking to an actor about it now. It's Henry Cavill. <laughs> I'm joking. The next project is Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, a live-action film. Gun says, this is based on Tom King and Bill Quist Evely's wonderful comic. Tom has been one of the architects of this entire situation. He's been one of the guys in the room with us, along with four or five other writers. I love his take on these characters. He just turns them slightly to be something very unique. In our story, we have a Superman who was sent to Earth and raised by incredibly loving parents. Kara was on Krypton. She was on a piece of Krypton that drifted away from the planet, and she lived there for the first 14 years of her life in a horrible situation where she watched everyone around her die. So she's a much harsher and more fucked up Supergirl than you've been used to thus far. Hot. The final project, Swamp Thing, a live-action film. Hot. Safran says, the final film we wanted to talk about is Swamp Thing. We bring it up because it's important to point out that all these stories, although they are interconnected, they are not tonally the same. Each set of filmmakers brings their own aesthetic to these films, and the fun is seeing how these tonally different works mash up in the future. This is a film that will investigate the dark origins of Swamp Thing. Uh, Gun continues, we are actually developing a few other things as well, but for one reason or another, we can't say them. This is the first batch of stuff, but there may be a couple of surprises to come. I have a list of assorted tidbits of uh, further information that they said on top of this. The goal is to release two films and two TV shows per year. The door is open, is the phrase they used, for Gal Gadot, Zachary Levi, Jason Momoa, and Ezra Miller to return to their roles in future projects. Huh? Miller, Safran, and Gunn are committed to Ezra Miller's recovery and will discuss their future in the DCU when Miller feels ready. Jace Momoa is not going to be playing two characters, Cough Cough Lobo. He is interested in the role of Lobo, but it is too early for those details to be decided. Ta-Nehisi Coates' Superman film is still moving forward as an Elseworlds film. Some DC animated films and shows are continuing as Elseworlds stories. Some things in pre-development may be brought into the DCU in the future. Gunn and Safran had input on The Flash, but they did not have to do anything in order to set up the new DCU. 
Andy Machete, the director of The Flash, has a future in the DCU and will be working on future projects. Superman in Superman Legacy will be roughly 25 years old. The Batman Part 2 is releasing in cinemas October 3rd, 2025. Tom King, Crystal Henry, Christina Hodson, Drew Goddard, and Jeremy Slater have been involved in the writer's room for the announced and unannounced slate. And a nice quote I thought to end the whole, the whole, the whole kit and caboodle, even though this is all a connected universe, it's really important to me that the individual writers and characters on the projects give their own self-expression to it, just like they do in the comics. Everything doesn't always have to look the same. Everything doesn't always have to have the same expression. Different artists bring remarkably different looks, feels, and tones. This is not the gunverse. This is not the gunverse? That is, that's what he said. Why? Okay, I'm going to kill you. What? Did you listen to any of the words <laughs> I said before that? No. This isn't James Gunn's DC Universe. It is DC Universe with assistance from James Gunn, who is working on some projects. But they are going to be bringing in other people to do the rest of the projects, so we have a wide variety of people doing different things differently. This is the DC Universe. Correct. Yeah. <sighs> You got a release date for the Batman and an official title. It's called Part 2. Incredible Wait, work. Wait, it's officially just called Part 2? Yes. Come on! Come on! Ah! So, effectively, it is like a 90% soft reboot. There's a little bit of carryover because there's some actors they want to work with or the movies kind of just fit. So, the Suicide Squad, Peacemaker, yeah, that fine. stuff is still staying the same. Yeah. Um, I find it interesting, that's why I kind of led with it, is how James Gunn described the canonicity of a couple of the, the movies that are still coming out now is the, the Blue Beetle and Aquaman 2 come out after The Flash, and he is explicitly saying that Blue Beetle is going to be in continuity, and Aquaman 2, I have a theory about how that ties into The Flash because there's been so many... So much stuff behind the scenes on how that and, and Aquaman 2 and The Flash both have both two different Batman and all sorts of crazy stuff with that. So I think those are basically, they're like two parts of the same movie, I think, personally. Um, I'm scared because Superman is going to be the same age as me in 2025. And it makes me feel very old. Oh. Oh. Dude, we're going to be 25 in 2025. Bruh. It's just, it's just, it just feels so weird, man. So the general vibe, which I, I before instead of specifics for each project because that's a whole that's a whole conversation and a half. My general take on it is, I understand why he went with the it's a mostly hard reboot, like when DC does reboots. It's like there's always a little bit that carries over because there's some stuff that works and there's some stuff they don't want to waste, and I get that. Um, I think they are clearly designing the slate to make money before they can do anything. This, so this is, it sounds mm. like a, kind of an obvious one. So the first thing is a TV, it's an animated TV show. Yeah, which actually I'm kind of interested in. It, the style looks really good. And it's it also, it's cool. a very weird lineup of characters. Yeah. Also Rick Flagg's dad uh, in the same yellow shirt, which I think is Also, funny. I'm pretty sure that's Weasel in there. No, pretty sure it's not. I, whatever. I, it's, it takes place in like World War II or whatever the fuck. Some bullshit. Yeah, Weasel could probably be like forever <laughs> existed. I would love that. I would love that. Uh, okay. I think it is a smart decision to plan it like this because they start off with an animated TV show, which is obviously cheaper, 
And then Waller is basically Peacemaker season 1.5, which is a fairly low budget show for a TV, for like a superhero TV show. I think they need to build steam. I think that's what they're kind of saying with the way that their slate is set up is because of WB's financial woes and managerial issues, I think they need to build momentum to like get to the point where they can make, you know, the Superman movie with the big fat budget. Um, that's just basically a theory. And that's also why I think they're not announcing projects with the the previous actors that I said the door is open for, but they're not announcing projects for, I think is one probably because they do want to give the actors an opportunity to like effectively like make their case for like like Shazam. Like, do you think that doesn't fit in this universe tonally with what he's what they're describing it as? Do you think that doesn't fit? Like, that makes sense that that could carry over pretty easily. Um, but I think they wanna avoid locking them in. Also, Gal Gadot, I think, just gave birth again. Like, there's just, because there's so much stuff going on with these people, I think they want to wait until the current batch of movies is released, like Aquaman 2, and then they're like, you guys can come back if you would like. We'll make projects for you effectively, but we're not going to... Oh, that, that is Weasel. Looks, okay. that, that's that Weasel. Is weasel. <laughs> I think it's a wise business plan on that front. I think it's a good thing because it avoids attachment to a lot of the actors. And that's why, like, the Themyscira TV show is set... There's no Wonder Woman in that show. It's like, that gives them years to decide if they want to recast, and if they if they need to recast, it gives them time to find another person to do the role, you know? And they could wait those years because she is, like, forever young. That too. And that's the thing. I, I just... It's despite the... I just... I appreciate that from, like, a planning sense. Like, it just makes sense of, like, we need a minute to breathe. We need, like... 2025, 2024, uh, the year where fucking Waller, um, Creature Commandos, and, uh, like, it's like, this is like, it's like a chill year before it ramps up. I just think it's a smart plan, and obviously this isn't the full slate, because I'm sure half of those projects are in production, but because... Oh, I think I saw, I think I saw what you were saying on, uh, Twitter, uh, you you responded to a, uh, Twitter reposted it, but it was... the TikTok Twitter's original, been ni- a nightmare uh, where, yeah. where this dude's like, come on, Matt Reeves, where's Batman 2? It's already been a year. Where's the other? Have you seen that? I'm, I remember saw, seeing them like, you how, how old are you? Do you know how long you're movies like take? You're like 50 or like 40 or something, and you still are so ignorant and don't understand how these things work. Yeah, it takes time. It's like, it's like with the the Snyder cultists trying to make have Netflix buy DC bullshit. Like... Do you not know how movies make like are made? Do you you just don't know, do you? He doesn't know. Do you? Does he know? I don't know. I appreciate the variety of the lineup that they announced so far. That it's not focusing on the heavy hitters so much. It, there is a Batman and a Superman project, but they're not the focus of it. I just think that's cool, and I, I like, do like how we're coming back into a universe where it is lived in. Yeah, it's going to be lived in. That's always a good, um, cool thing, like because Superman isn't—it's not an origin story, but he is mm-hmm. still young. It's like it—it's just got that. This in us, it feels like it's an actual like comics actually coming to life. You know that phrase because we're kind of jumping in in the middle of stuff, mm-hmm. and some characters you've seen before, but they might not have. You know, say uh, there's another Aquaman movie. With Jason Momoa, um, he might they might not acknowledge that the other movies happen. They just want to keep the actor in the role, or the same thing with like Gal Gadot or whatever. It's like that makes sense. It's like you'll see some familiar faces, but in different places. Like that's something that um, 
everything post New 52 has kind of been like that, where it's like they shift so much stuff around, but it's like, but I can still like see who's like there, like behind the mask, you know? Yeah. If that makes any sense at all. I guess so. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I I think it really demonstrates how rough DC's doing when this was announced over a Twitter video and a like room in a in a hotel was yeah. where the presentation was made. I it's saw not the, I it's, saw picture. it's not any fault of the people working on it. It is just like damn, WB really is fucking up. Mm-hmm. Like really bad. So, it is cool. I like that we're keeping some stuff. I was a little... I think when the rumors about all this stuff started up a few months back, it was like up... You know, everyone's speculating like, oh, is James Gunn going to erase his own work? It's like, no, of course he's fucking not, you idiot. That doesn't mean it's an ego trip. It's like, well, people liked it, and the stuff that he's worked on has been really disconnected from the rest of the DCU, and mm-hmm. like, duh, of course he is. So it just makes sense. It's nice. It's it's cool. Obviously, there is soft confirmation that Peacemaker Season 2 is still happening at some point. So it just... It seems like a cool slate. We got yeah. a fucking Swamp Thing, bro. Yeah, a, I know. A live action Swamp movie. Thing again. Like, what oh, the fuck? I'm so excited. <laughs> and it's so it. funny that that's one of the things that they chose first. I just, I love that. And the big, one of the cool things, just of note, and you've seen it all over the place. They're pushing the books so hard right now. One, of course, because WB needs money. But the fact they're they're openly stating, these are our influences for this movie or this TV show. Mm-hmm. Go buy them. They're mm-hmm. going... Okay, so you're looking forward to Superman Legacy? Well, All-Star Superman exists. This is the book we're taking a lot of our inspiration from. It's written by Grant Morrison. It's great. Go buy it. Oh, you excited about this Batman uh, Then book? go read the Grant Morrison books. Go like, read the Grant Morrison. They're pushing the books so hard, and they're selling out like crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't get the Authority Omnibus right now. It's sold out. Come on! You know how fucking bullshit that is? <laughs> you know how stupid that is? Because that shit was on Jetpack. On the wall, be like, hey, you guys should check this out. You should check this out. And then the first minute that we hear that we're getting an authorities movie, it's gone now? Mm-hmm. Are you fucking kidding me? Uh, yes. How about the- you movie people stay away from my fucking comic books? Stay out of my fucking comic book stores, bitch. You're, you're retarded. Um, it's no. The, it's the same thing. DC's been doing it a little bit with their past few movies. Like, I mean... Black Adam, but they also did it with the Batman, where there's like there's like a little box. Yeah, yeah, of, yeah, like, yeah. These are our influences. It's a cool box. Like it's nothing special. But oh, that's it, okay with that. Cause I already had those books. That this is the like, you know, Marvel, the MCU, and is really notorious for like not contacting the like people who made or worked on these characters yeah. at all. They don't pay them for anything of their work. And it's like cringe. Like this sounds like this is the start of like DC acknowledging the stuff a lot more because clearly James Gunn's like a big old comic retard, mm-hmm. you know. So it's mm-hmm. like it. it it, it feels right intuitively. It's like, go buy the books that they're based on if you want to learn more. Go buy Woman of Tomorrow. It's great. It came out, like, last year. I also like that they announced the writer's room for, like, all the people working on the stuff. Like, the the overarching plans, not necessarily the script writers for each movie. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Also, it's cool that there's a comic writer in there. That's nice. I mean, that's another good example of, like, they might keep an actor, but they might not. Supergirl isn't... That's, like, Project 9 of 10. <clears throat> and that's only the first half of the slate. Um... There's an actor playing her in The Flash. No. So it's like, maybe so it's we'll up. Get her, right, so it's won't. like, maybe it'll be a new actor. We don't, they, prob- they probably don't. That's the thing I'm getting from this is I genuinely think they don't know yet, and mm-hmm. that's fine. They're like, we don't have, like, no, this isn't set in concrete. We're not the Marvel machine. We can't say we're going to do this thing eight years from now, and then every day we're working on it. So it's like, no, we got to, like, chill the hell out and, yeah, like, much. focus on stuff. <sighs> Shit. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, it's bad. Bro. It's bad. 
I want I want this Batman to have a blue and gray outfit. No. With the yes. Dude, it, oh my god. Dude, have you seen how Dan Mora draws Batman? I want it. I want it so bad. I Come want on. it. Blue and No. I'm tired of the black and gray, man. Why? I love it, but like get some goddamn variety in here. Do do the Superman. Put the trunks on him. Let's fucking go. Yeah. Do it. Okay, yeah. Then let's get Batman with, with the purple trunks. gloves. I'm I'm down. Come on. Yeah. Like come purple on. gloves, black and gray. I just I in this very weird world they're constructing, I think they're just going, ah fuck it, you know? Like they don't I, I there's no there's no attempt at like cohesion between projects in terms of tone. And I think that's the the kicker. It's like they connect to a thing. We're doing a thing. We're not going to tell you what the team-up movie is, but, like, we're doing a thing. It's probably going to be a Justice League Dark project. I swear to God. It just smells like it. But, like, they're like we're going to do a team-up. But, like, we don't give a fuck if, the, if some of these things are rated R and some of them aren't. Like, like Waller is going to be, like, Peacemaker. They're going to be saying fuck all over the place. Mm-hmm. But, like, Superman's like, no, you can, like, bring your 12-year-old to this. It's a Superman movie, mm-hmm. you know? I'm tired. This announcement did make me happy, though. It was fun to watch. I'm tired of keep talking about this. I've talked about this for like a week solid with That's, yes. coworkers. <sighs> so. What have you been doing, sir? Do you got What any- have you been doing, sir? I was just talking for like a while. My voice hurts. Give me a minute. That's fine. Um, what you been I doing? I recently watched. Uh, shit. Which one? Oh, here we go. Here we go. I'm excited to talk about this, actually. Oh, boy. Let me pull up a synopsis. You getting excited is dangerous. Damn, bro. You do be rumbly. I do be rumbly. All right. Here we go. <clears throat> I watched 1961's Yojimbo. What? A nameless ronin or samurai with no master, uh, Toshiro Mufene, uh, enters a small village in feudal Japan where two rival businessmen are struggling for control of the local gambling trade. Taking the name Shanjiro Kawabatake, uh, Kawabatake, yeah, sure, the ronin convinces both silk merchant, uh, Taizemon, uh, and sake merchant, Takuman, uh, to hire him as a personal bodyguard then artfully sets in motion a full-scale gang war between the two ambitious and unscrupulous uh, scrupu- scrupulous men. This is on HBO Max. Um, so this I, is a I am very live-action movie. I'm assuming. Yes. Okay. I am very certain that this is what inspired the manga Vagabond mm. because the actor. Look like the 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 vagabond main character looks like the actor from Yo, uh, Yojimbo. Yeah, uh, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. But You're white. We know it's fine. Don't worry about it. I don't know. Uh, it's a black and white. Uh, yeah, color wasn't a thing yet. <laughs> yeah, Ronin movie, and I really enjoyed this. So, uh, I was watching to make sure if like. Not make sure, but I I was watching out of curiosity for this movie, for uh, um, what are the words I'm looking for? D- 
to see if it like did certain movie quirks as in like the 10 second rule that each shot shouldn't hold longer than like 10 seconds and i would do that and for surprisingly it did that Whoa. even though it's an older movie and i was like okay and it's, it's fucking, also a foreign movie fucking zoomer brain um sure um how do i wow i do this every single time i don't understand you don't it's a good fucking movie. I mean, I did the synopsis. It's a good fucking movie. Um, this Ronin uh, acts like he's a dick. Uh, he has rice all the time, and he drinks sake, and he goes to this dude. I don't even know. He hangs out with this old guy, and I don't even know what he sells. But he lives right next to the man who makes coffins, and that guy is booming with business because people are killing each other left and right. And so he hangs out with the dude that lives right there, and uh, he's like, ah, oh, old man, sake, or ah, oh, old man, rice. And uh, he just gives him rice out of like, ah, whatever, blah, 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 blah. you want to pay for that? Blah, blah, blah. And eventually he like, does pay for it, but it, it's kind of like a, um, uh, I don't even know how to explain it. It, it's, it doesn't repeat itself. It does keep going. It, it has like a, like, there's constant change in this movie like he helps these uh this uh family that uh is the wife the mother of that family was taken by one of these gang lords and used as his little fuck pet and um the the husband is too much of a fucking bitch to go after her even though they all have fucking swords it's not that hard and they all and all the gang members suck I would um, love to watch you try to kill a gang member with a sword. And, I, and I would. I, Colin, I want you to go find the yakuza, and I want you to try to. No, no that's that's the yakuza. Are you kidding me? <laughs> These guys are just fucking retards. Like one of them is an actual retard. Like <laughs> you gotta watch this. This it's like this fat dude. He's one of like the the the. <laughs> the brother of one of the gang members, and he's he's always got like an underbite. He's like. And his, like, his face is like that. It's not like that. <laughs> and he's got like a huge, you know, brown, shaved, like that weird, like Ronin haircut. Um, but yeah, he, uh, the husband and his, and the son are like in a little tent outside of the house that used to be theirs. And she is kept in the house that is there, that was theirs. Like he lost it to like a gambling debt, lost her and the house of gambling dead. I'm like, wow, what a fucking cuck. Moral of the story? Avoid women. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you won't have these problems. And at the very end of this movie, after all this happens, uh, he's basically asked, oh, what will you do? And he's like, oh, it's time for me to leave. And he leaves this, the town. Like, he's just done with it now. Strange. It's kind of like a Western in the way of that... Um, do I have to say the thing? Monster comes into town. Monster fixes things. Monster leaves town because he is monster. Well, yeah, but like, westerns get it from samurai movies. Yes, I know. And I noticed that. And I was <laughs> like, oh, okay, that's cool. How, so, what prompted you to dig through the back catalog of, like, old samurai movies to just... How did you get there? How did you get to this conclusion? It's just, it's just showed the, up. The poster looked cool. It, no, it, it just fucking showed up i don't know I, my, my taste and stuff 
it's like that. It'll just show me old ass shit like that. It'll just come up. Like I have forty seven Ronin right now. I'm working on that. Um, oh, well, it's, it's not great. I know it's not great. Keanu Reeves is great, but that's not saying anything. Do no, you, do not about the old. Oh, the original. Yeah, I'm not talking. It's, it's fine. You never know, man. I'm not talking about that. You're dumb. I'm You're about dumb. Forty seven Ronin Part One. Um, yeah, no, that's good actually. Uh, yeah, no, I'm not gonna go for the like that other one. But before you rudely interrupt, yeah, I don't know. I just it just kind of does that to me. I just shows up. I'm like, oh, cool. This will be on my list. Like I have a black and white Hamlet on my list right now. Um, it's a shit ton of black and white, actually. Interesting. Yeah. What have you been consuming, Spencer? Son, your poopy butthole. I'm not surprised. I read Dark Ages. It is. What's a, that? It's about what you're going to be seeing in a second, huh? Uh, it is a Marvel out of continuity story. It's a it's a six issue trade written by Tom Taylor with art by Ivan Chuelo. Um, I have no clue how to say your name. I'm so sorry. Uh, it is. But what if Marvel did like a deceased book, basically? Um, it, pretty much. Um. Tom Taylor has this weird thing. Like, this is his thing. Is like, what if a timeline was bad, actually? Like, that's his favorite thing. I don't get it. Uh, I, mean, I get it because he writes good stuff, but it is weird that that's, like, his thing. Um, so, there's a, a bad big demon man inside planet Earth, right? You know? Yeah, like, yeah. So, Earth's an egg, or whatever. Um, big bad demon man is like, I will make all the darkness be a thing. It's the villain's shit. All the darkness. Dark is... It's a shit villain, but the point is he has, it's like a, he's a, he's an eternal EMP. So like most technology just dead, like, and then there's time skips. So it's, it's an, it's a post-apocalyptic world where like they've returned to analog technology. Spider-Man's web shooters involve like compressed air. It's, nice. it's crazy stuff. Um, the plot in and of itself is fine. It's like, oh shit, we found the thing that can defeat the guy. We'll go take a boat across the ocean to go defeat him. You know, the villain's fine. He just, he suits the story in terms of he makes the weird setting happen, so it's fine, I guess. Um, damn. He hungry. The art is gorgeous. It's so... It's got some Mark Bagley vibes to it, kinda. Um, it's really, it's just really, really gorgeous. It's high, really high quality, like, detailed line work. Not, like... They do so much cross-hatching. It's like, they're just thorough in, like, how they do their lines. It's consistent. They're, there aren't just a lot of, like, you know, random panels where it's like, that face doesn't look quite right. You rushed that, didn't you? It's, there's, like, none of that. The art is really good. Um, the character designs, some of them aren't great, but most of them are really cool and unique. Like, Spider-Man's outfit as a, like, 35-year-old dad is great. He, it's just the the weirdest shit, man. Um, I like weird... Did, what what if the continuity was different and we made the outfits look funny? Like, in Deceased, it's like, well, what if Damian Wayne wore the bat suit? Like, how would he change that to suit his needs? You know? I, that stuff's cool. Um, I think this book nails one of the, the things that I have a, a, a bit of a hankering for. Um, strong character voices. Like, I can hear the character in my head when I'm reading it. I'm like, that sounds right. Just an intuitive gut thing. 
Um, it's a very spider. It's a it's a mostly Spider Man focused book, but it's a bit of everybody: Spider Man, Wolverine, more X Men, Fantastic Four, etc. Um, Doctor Doom, lots of fun stuff. You good there? You got a lot of gas coming out of your chest. Um, I like. I I I, I wish there was more. I feel like Marvel basically wanted to do this as a gimmick, because like a shit ton of people die. Like, there's crazy shit. Miles Morales is Venom. It's a whole thing. He gets both Carnage and Venom symbiotes, and Peter's like, my dude, what are you doing? And then he rips him out, and then, you know, they're friends again. Like, it's there's so much weird shit in this book. Um, yeah, I'd say so. You know, like, the last two issues of Spider-Man Life Story where, like, they just smush so many weird things into, like, one character, and you're like... I appreciate that you're putting all of the characters in here, but it is weird that you put them together. Like, like Craven being Venom. It's like, that's a weird I way to go. I kind of liked that. I liked it, but it, it's got that vibe to it where you're like, this is a weird way to go. <clears throat> um, I just, I don't like the fact that, like, Marvel definitely was like, we'll just do, like, a thing. And then Tom Taylor put his whole Tom Taylor Rossi into it. And it's, like, for one book that no one's going to read again. I just think that's disappointing. It's Tom a, Taylor it's, it's a single six-issue trade. The fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> a lot of things. I just think that's disappointing. Um, it was really good. Uh, like I said, minor gripes, and the villain being lame was really gay. Uh, but the rest of it was great. It looked good. It was fun. Um, for instance, say uh, Storm, you know, weather lady. She, like, Thank controls the ocean to carry boats across the ocean. So, like, she'll she's like the ferryman. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Like, cool shit like that, where you're like, I never would have thought of that, because, like, the boats don't work anymore. Like, the steam and coal-powered engines are non-functional. It's not just an EMP, so no electricity. It's, like, kind of most technology is just fucked. It, no, it doesn't make sense. Don't question it. It's just fun. How the fuck is compressed air? You can make compressed air. It's really hard. Don't ask me how to do it, because I don't know. But, like, it just does that thing where it does, it's, like, Iron Man's armor is like a bunch of canisters and string attached to him. Like it's not even like it's just it's this weird shit, man. Um, oh yeah, Iron Man dies because of course. Whatever. It's it's just it's a really weird book. It's hard to describe. There's just a lot of I- individual strange choices. It was twenty dollars. I think it's worth it. I bought it at Jetpack. Um, it's got some really great covers, honestly. Just a good cover game. Uh, May uh, the 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 Parker girl is adorable. She's a little shit, like any good Parker child. Like any good Parker. She child. gets she gets she gets that Mary Jane energy where she's like, "Nah, fuck you." Yeah, pretty I'm much. I'm six, but I'm an adult now. You know, real cool. What else you got for me, Bucko? Uh, so I recently read and finished Berserk number three. <gasps> uh, so. It took me a while to get back to this because this is a point in the manga where I found it also to be just as boring in the movies. Um, This is a point where the kingdom that the Band of the White Hawk is fighting for, which is, this is, they kind of like eventually found one kingdom that they work for, which happened in like book. I'm going to say... Two or three. Okay. Anyways, uh, so the Band of the Hawk. Uh, they are trying to recapture a kingdom 
uh, a castle, actually a castle, a fortified castle that was originally owned or um, originally in the possession of the kingdom that they are working for. But this, a king, this castle that they are trying to reclaim is in possession by this creepy old man that likes little boys Ew. that knows Griffith. And Ooh. Griffith got most of his funding from. I'm probably spoiling some things for you, actually. Just realized. I know most of the story of Berserk. Sad for me, I know, but it's fine. Don't worry about it. Okay. Um, and this old man is like how he, how Griffith gets uh, funding for the Band of the Hawk, how they get food, rations, all this shit. Um, it's his sugar daddy. Basically... They retake the castle by uh, tricking the front line, basically the entire army that's there at that castle, to leave the castle because this castle is up against a mountain range. Um, there's like no way to get around it, basically. But they trick them into leaving that castle to fight on the shoreline. And then Casca and her little group um, intercept the castle through the front gate by just basically getting in simple as that and it's funny reading this and knowing that the movies did and i actually think that the movies did a lot of the shit a way better like explained it way better um or like change change some things because i remember i think in the movie how they got in was that they actually captured a captain and got them in that way and like did a little secret hidey thing instead of just like being able to get in somehow because the gates were just still opened and the guards suck like the manga did but after that um griffith kills that old man because he doesn't want he doesn't need anything in his life that's going to ruin his reputation uh because he's not really gay unless if it's for guts or if it's for money 20 bucks is 20 bucks. 20 bucks is 20 bucks. That's Griffith. That is literally Griffith. He's 20 a, bucks is 20 bucks. He's a, he's a little bit of a... Oh, he's a twink and a half. He, he wears the maid outfit. Yeah, he's a twink. For real. Um, and... Moving on from that... They have this, like, celebration in the castle, and they're being told that they're going to be nobles eventually, and blah, blah, blah... But Gus doesn't care, and he's like hanging on the sidelines. And they're the whole like captains of the of the uh, the main characters basically are the captains of the band of the hawk, and they're there at the celebration, not the band of the hawk. Band of the hawk is the whole fucking army. So the captains are being told that they're going to be basically nobles by the king. And it's a bunch of uproar. Some people like like little uh, making rumors about it. Blah blah blah. They're talking about how things are stupid. They shouldn't happen like that. And then, um, they're, most of them are wondering, hey, where's Casca? And then Casca is in this crazy, beautiful white dress, and she looks gorgeous, and, um, she normally doesn't wear dresses, she's always, like, in men's armor and men's clothes, that definitely doesn't look like men's clothes, even though it looks like female armor and shit like that, but they say it's men's clothes, but it's not men's clothes. She sees guts, and she runs away from all these people that keep talking to her, and she takes guts, and she's like, you're coming with me, we're dancing, because I don't want people to talk to me. 
And he's just like in his brain, like, oh, she's so beautiful. Wow, this is crazy. But I got to think about how I'm going to leave the band of the hog tonight. <laughs> um, uh, they have their moments and they actually have like a really deep conversation. And it's really nice. I, I like the manga a lot more for this reason, specifically where Casca and Guts, you actually get to see a lot more of their relationship and their character development rather than in the movies it's kind of like implied or, or even in the anime i would think but uh fast forward guts uh fast forward after they kill the queen <laughs> uh they kill the queen because the queen doesn't really love her husband because she actually had an affair with uh with the uncle um the king's brother because the king just didn't want to have sex and she wanted to fuck and so she fucked the uncle and then the uncle died and so she saw him as her lover and then she knows that Griffith got him killed so she wants to kill Griffith but then Griffith does a whole bamboozle and gets her and all these people that were like a secret society and gets them burnt in this building and it gets seen as a uh, just as like a, uh, a strike from another kingdom because uh, Griffith was previously uh, laced, uh, had a drink, drank something that was laced with like some type of poison and passed out and shit like that. Blah, blah, blah. Fast forward, Guts is leaving and um, everyone's trying to stop him. Kind of everyone's trying to stop him. There's Rickert is the youngest. He doesn't want him to leave, but I can't remember. There's Pippin. Pippin's hanging out. He's just like, okay, you, uh, he doesn't really talk much anyways. He's just kind of there. Uh, ah, there's another one that, 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 he's a jack of all trades character. He's blonde and whatever, but he like actually get talks to Guts and wants to know what's going on and accepts his decision to like leave the band of the hog. He's like, yeah, that's kind of sucks. But like, you want to, you want to find your thing in life. You want to find your abstract, like, this is my dream. And but at the very end, when they finally, when they finish walking away from the, the kingdom at this lake tree, there's the rest of the band of the Hawk Captains, which is Griffith, Pippin, Rickert, uh, this fucking retard-looking dude. Uh, I can't remember his name. He's a dickhead. And then we also have Casca. Um, they all talking and um, retard dudes. Like, I never liked you anyways. Pippin doesn't say a word. Casca's like, you can't leave. And then Griffith is like, oh, did you forget? I own you. I told you that I own you. And the only way that you're going to be able to get out of this is by fighting me in a sword fight. And it's like, or okay, little, okay or little, little twink. Smooch. Yeah. Okay, little <laughs> twink. And so they get ready. They have a fight. And it's happened so fast. Griffith strikes, goes for a blow to like reenact, basically reenact what they did before in their first ever fight. And because uh, that's how he beat him. Guts just breaks Griffith's fucking sword. Because Guts' sword is humongous, and Griffith has, like, a little poker. And he breaks the sword, and has the sword, like, right on his shoulder. He's, like... Pretty, he pretty much is, like, yeah, that, that... I'm leaving. Bye, guys. And he, like, doesn't look away. He doesn't, uh, he doesn't look back at them. He just keeps going. There's a lot more conversations between everyone, blah, 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 and things like that. But this is, like, the basic... And Griffith goes to, and has a mental breakdown and goes and basically rapes the uh, the 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 17-year-old princess girl that was uh, in love with him and um, 
uh, he goes and has uh, the sex with her, and she kind of says no, and then she lets it happen, but also she is still saying no, uh, but he still goes in, and um, then he does a little self-harm after, because he's thinking about guts, and then the, the, the later that day, he escapes the in the morning, but there's a little maid that looked through the keyhole and saw him fucking the shit out of her, and then, then the next day, a bunch of guards found him. And then he went into the dungeons, and then the king started whipping the shit out of him. He's like, you... I, I thought you were something good, but you know, a commoner is still a commoner, and starts whipping the shit out of him. And then Griffith's like, oh, you hate it so much because you wanted your daughter, didn't you? And he's like, oh, oh, preposterous. And then later on, you see him basically trying to rape his own daughter. And then she kicks him in the fucking face. <laughs> and he's bleeding out of his eye, and he's running away like, oh, So that's basically book three. Yes, that works. Fuck you, Spencer. No. Oh, wait, 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 wait. That's the first half of book three. I'll talk about the second half some other time. Or my next uh, talking point. You're, you a, go. you're a homosexual. Your turn. I read Superman and the Authority. Uh, it is, Fuck you! It is... A remnant book from the 5G initiative that was tampered with during its, like, production and now doesn't mean anything. It's weird. So, you know, the whole DC was gonna make time be a real thing in the DC universe and, like, map it onto, like, real time. You know, Wonder Woman existed for World War II. Superman met JFK. Like, they were gonna put, like, a hard thing on it. This book started, like, being written around then, um, and then it was, like, screwed around with at the end. So this does lead into the next Superman arc, uh, the Superman <laughs> being on War World stuff with Philip Kennedy Johnson, who's been, who finished that recently. But, like, that arc for, like, a year. So it's kind of canon, but, like, you do have... get Lois Lane's favorite Superman costume. So you have to, like, squint at it. To make it make sense, timeline... You just ignore ignore the parts of it that acknowledge that Superman is getting older and, like, that he met JFK. Just ignore that and, like, the rest of it makes sense. Basically, the plot of it is Superman's getting older. He's like, I'm getting tired and my powers don't work quite so good anymore. So I'm gonna get people to help. I'm going to, you know, give my blessing to a team of superheroes to help me do things. Because I'm old and I have great temples and he's really hot. Um, it's, 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 it's gnarly, man. Um, <laughs> oh, what the fuck? so it's basically just the, it's the authority, the team. It's like, it's a weird lineup, but it's part of the original authority team. And then some other new characters. It's just, Hey, you know, I would prefer if you guys didn't kill people, but like, I do understand in some context, like you guys are kind of right. So like, if you don't go Joker mode. We can work, mode. yeah, just don't literally kill everyone, and, like, we can work together, because we have problems to solve, and I need your help. Just kill some people. Just, yeah, when it, uh, sure, you deem it necessary, but, like, don't just, you know, literally eat babies, you know? Um, and it doesn't really go anywhere, and that's the point, that's the thing with this book, was it was, it is, um, I think four or five issues. It was basically meant as a prelude to a different arc. Whereas it doesn't actually go into that arc at all because of all the weird changes with continuity. Um, 
So it it's it, it literally like the book just stagnates and it doesn't really go anywhere. It's very bizarre in that sense. Um, it was written by Grant Morrison, so the writing quality is ninety nine percent impeccable. The dialogue's fantastic; it all makes sense. But it is just like crap. We have to fill this this spot, so we can just pay someone a very high profile writer to like fill the void. And then Grant's like, um, "There isn't much to do here. What do you want from me?" And then they're like, "That's enough," and that's that's fine. We'll publish it. It's really weird. Um, the art is disgustingly good. Uh, the art is by Mikhail Janin. It's, the designs are so, it's what the New 52 wanted to be. Not in terms of, like, the New 52's general art design for a few years was, like, <clears throat> not the really early 2010's, like, digital paint feel. Not that. But, like, the way the suits are designed with the lines and the lines, and, like, but what if we made it look practical with the lines? It's like that, but, like, actually good. Um, he, Superman, his outfit is, like, basically a nice pair of jeans, a t-shirt with the Kingdom Come logo, and gloves. It's so weird, but it works really well. It's very strange. It's a hard book to describe. Um, there's a little bit of some... There's some cringe in it, just because... I think Grant Morrison was trying to write part part of one of the people that they recruit for the group like lives inside the internet Lit literally it's really confusing um so there's some weird like you know internet the damn this is not going to age well but whatever um this is just a really weird book it's the strangest thing I've read it's by a writer I really like and I, I a, a new artist I've never heard of who I love their shit but I'm never going to read it again it is incredibly bizarre this sounds like so much. It's like, I'll put it on my coffee table because it looks pretty. It's a $17 book. I'm glad I looked at it. I didn't not enjoy reading it, but I was sitting there like, I was looking up Grant Morrison's blog, 10 Wikipedia pages. Like, why is this book so weird feeling? What's going on here? So it was interesting to look into. I, I, very strange. Uh, 17 bucks is a stretch for that. It took me about 30 minutes to read an hour if you include the Wikipedia time. So, like, I don't know, half off. <laughs> I feel it's it's hard to describe what I think it's worth because, like, it's so pretty, but also it's like I, I feel nothing and I don't know what this is going towards, you know? I'm not... I'm not a big fan of, like, I only want to read something because it's leading to something, but it's, like, the story, do it doesn't actually go anywhere. It's, like, I want to recruit some people, and then halfway through the book, he, like, recruits some people, and then they talk a lot, and then they're, like, oh, shit, we got to go do the next arc in the main run, and then they, you know, they drop the this issue starting with this creative team on this date. And it's, like, well, what the, what the fuck happened here? Like, even the explanation from Grant Morrison, it doesn't entirely make sense, because one, Grant Morrison's a wacky person, and also, there's probably a bunch of, like, legal reasons, there's probably a bunch of, like, legal reasons why, like, there's stuff that they just can't talk about in, in its entirety. Super fucking weird, man. But Kingdom Come logo. The best. The, the best. And the gloves kind of worked. It's really weird. He's in dad mode. I don't get it. Spencer's going to say hot. What else have you been doing? 
<laughs> Correction, this is the best time for me to insert the fact that I, I hate fan castings and I hate Snyderverse people being really annoying right now with the new movies, but also, you definitely should have Ben Affleck and Henry Cavill be Midnighter and Apollo. I'm sorry, yes. but it would be so I know, funny. I was thinking that too. It's, I was thinking that too. That'd be like, so funny. It's, it's just, it's like, it would be distracting from the characters, so don't actually do it. But it's like, oh my gosh, if they brought them back and and uh, and, and, and they can't, oh, be, I think they should do that. It'd be so funny. So I read... The other half of Berserk number three. Big book. So, Guts, it's been a year. Uh, Guts has left. Uh, Guts. Well, I feel like that's coming up. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. It's been a year. Guts has left. Guts has been training by the sword and all this stuff. And he's been uh, fighting, training, um, and he's been hanging out by in the mountains, basically. Hanging out with this blacksmith and his daughter. And he's been just cutting up these giant-ass logs that have been falling from the waterfall that's in the mountains. Um, and that's how he trains every day and stuff like that. And... Eventually, gets uh, on his way to fight just like people at this like tournament. He catches wind that the turn the reason for this tournament is to find the strongest people so that they can hunt down the band of the hawk, the king. Catches wind, joins them up, uh, and then finds the band of the hawk, helps them out. Koska's pissed because he left. Um, Guts learns that when he left, uh, Griffith went Joker mode, and they're, they, they're trying to plan a way to get him out. Guts wants to help, but Casca's like, come with me, and like walks away. She gets all pissed, starts swinging her sword at him, and he dodges, blocks, blah, 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 and they have a whole moment. She stat he lets he lets her stab him. She's like, "Why would you do that? Let me stab you. You always block it. You always dodge it. Blah blah blah." <laughs> yeah, it is. It is like that. Continue. No, I don't want that. Fucking word. I hate us. I hate us. Um. Joker mode. Joker mode. Or no, 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 no. Casca and, and Guts. Uh, then they fuck. Because uh, they're like, oh, I realize that I'm in love with you. And let's fuck by this waterfall that's right here. And then uh, Guts has a fucking mental breakdown. A P he actually, no, he has a PTSD attack. Um, and as he's fucking Casca, he sees Casca as himself. And he's trying to choke the shit out of her. Because he's like, you're weak piece of shit. You let yourself get raped by blah, blah, blah when you were younger. And then he has a whole mental breakdown. You know, PTSD and stuff like that. He can remember what, what happened to him when he was younger. And Casca comforts him. And she's like, it's okay, blah, blah, blah. And they actually talk it out. And they comfort each other. And... um. They talk about how they were each other's firsts and, like, reasons why. And they 
have like a fucking healthy relationship with each other, which is surprising for this type of world. Um, and you know, they're meant for each other, I guess. Uh, after that, they basically go on this whole trip find uh, to find Griffith. Uh, and they have like a little insider on who who's helping them get to Griffith, figure out who where Griffith is, how to get there. They go uh, basically. They find a graveyard. Go into the graveyard. Uh, there's a little tunnel. They end up at another graveyard that's in the kingdom that a Griffith is in prison in. Uh, and they find out that their insider is the girl, the princess, because she's in love with Griffith. She's always been in love with Griffith, and. She helps them. They find this little ta this tower that ha has this giant spiraling staircase that's like goes in like the abyss of under the 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 kingdom, and he's like somewhere in there. She refuses to stay behind. She wants to go with them. They find Griffith, and they find that he is all fucked up. His tendons are all gone. He's got slabs of meat cut off of him. He's barely had any water. His tongue got cut out. Who knows what else happened to him. And um, I find the jailer who did all this. And they all get locked into the cell because they all walked in. And he's this fucked up little midget dude that's like, who <laughs> talks like that. It's so nice to have all these people now. And uh, he shows that he still has Griffith's tongue. And he has it, like, around a necklace. And he's like, oh, this is my little tongue. He's my little buddy. He starts licking the tongue. Ew. And Griffith gets so, I mean, Guts gets so angry. He he um, he um starts running out the door. And he's like, oh, what are you going to do? This thing is reinforced steel. You're not going to get through. Guts slams his giant-ass sword through the wall. And, like, stabs a dude right in the chest. And the dude's like, oh, no, please don't. And then Guts just lets him drop into the abyss. And then all these guards are around. They're like, stop them. We have to kill them. Blah, blah, blah. Get them for the king. And um, so Guts goes on a rampage um, and kills basically all of them super fast as they're going up. <laughs> basically, it's just a whole montage, really long montage of Guts beating, the uh, of killing and slicing the shit out of everyone that encounters them until they escape um and the, the the princess has to stay behind otherwise they'll be like seen as like government as basically like kingdom fugitives like you have the princess no kingdom's going to stop until you guys are dead so she stays behind and they eventually uh, get away but that was also Oh fuck! I just went into book four by accident. Well, oh, you dumb fuck. Well, that's uh, that's also the f the second half of book three and the first half of book four. You're welcome. Stopping there. They escape. Kys. But there's more. Kys. I wish I could. No balls. No balls. I am the CIA. I'm here to kill yourself. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> Sir. Sir, madam, I read Mouse or Moss. Oh, you finally read it? I was just looking at it. Mouse? Mouse, I think is the correct pronunciation. It's Mouse. So I read this in middle school as part of my school curriculum because my parents. Oh, well, I didn't know it was that old. 
Yes. I've yes. never heard of it until it, until it hit Jetpack. No, the reason why it surged in popularity is because, like, a couple of schools were being really weird and, like, you can't teach kids about the Holocaust. That would be bad for them. And then everywhere was like, nah, fuck you, actually. We're going to buy a bajillion copies of it. Um, no, so this was part of my curriculum when I was younger because my parents are based as fuck. Um, <laughs> some days. Um, basically, it's just a retelling of... It, it's a, a, a son being told stories by his father who survived the Holocaust, told like they are mice. One, because it's cute. And two, because it kind of avoids... It, it helps the tone level out a little bit easier. It's not... They, they don't, like... They're not, like, anthropomorphic animals, like, in the sense of, like, I don't know, fucking Zootopia or whatever. Like, they're just... They are... They're just drawn it's like just mice. human bodies with... They just drawn the like animal mice. head. Yeah, they're, they're like there is no. We call them mice and cats. It's like no, they're just people. But because of the, the the wanting to draw the contrast between. Um, also, it's nicer so you don't have to like if you're drawing like humans, uh, like making drawing stereotypical like Jews or stereotypical like whatevers. You don't have to deal with that problem. You can just draw mice. Sure. So. It's just. The author and artist just asking his father's stories, and then his dad just goes through his life. Um, just, you know, I, uh, in this year, I was dating this girl, and she didn't like me, so I dated this other girl, and then I moved here. And it just it's just his life story. It starts when, you know, he was a kid, and then it ends up in present day, written in, like, the 60s or 70s, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> that's it. It's incredibly simple because if I start going into the specifics of it, I'm just going to be describing troop movements and genocide. So I don't want to do that. Um, yeah, you'll just be rambling off like I do. It's weird. But yeah, that's all there is to it. Um, it is a critically acclaimed book for a reason. I, I think it's well-deserved. The art is phenomenal. Um, yes. It's very... <sighs> There's a look that I've never been known how to describe it. But you know how when you draw with a pencil... And you, if you zoomed in on the uh, the pencil going over the paper, mm -hmm. it's not actually really like one straight, like a, a solid. No, it's it's that, it's that like char charcoal. Kinda, yeah. And that's it. It's, it's that just gradient. it's just black and white with just lines. Yep. Nice and nice and simple. Um, which does mean it can be hard to read in one like. I only read like one chapter at a time. One because it's a heavy book. Genuinely, it's 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 a lot of stuff. I finished that shit in like three days, I think. Yeah, like I broke it up over like a week, um, and the art can get a little samey if you look at it for too long. Yeah, I burnt myself out reading that book. So, yeah. Other than that, like I have no complaints. It's a it's a fictionalized biography done in a, in graphic novel form. Um, it's worthy of all of its awards. It's a wonderful story. It's very moving. It's very rough to read sometimes. Um, it was phenomenal. Like there, it, there is so little. It's one of those things where it is such a good work where it's hard to describe anything about it. You know, perfect spherical orb. I can't. You can't even. You can't even get a handle on it. You know. No. Um, I bought each trade for seventeen dollars at Jetpack. Uh, there are two editions currently available. There are the two halves of the story in two small trades or one hardcover of roughly the same dimensions. They're not the same size as. A big publisher, you know, like superhero comics, they it, most independent publishers with 
non. It's like the size of a regular book, actually. Maybe like like a regular the, hard, the hardcover. Ish. It's, I have it. It's independent publishers when they have stories that aren't about fucking superheroes. They do their own unique book sizes. It's what yes. what fits with what the artist wanted to do. How do they want it to look on a shelf? And how you know what were the dimensions of the paper they were drawing on? Um, yeah. So as well worth the seventeen dollars each. I bought it brand new. I. I would like it if it came out in an edition that had different dimensions. It's just a personal peeve of mine. I don't like it when books don't match, but that's a me problem. Um, there is also a there's a companion thing coming soon, which is the artist and writer basically analyzing how much like the impact of his own work that that is that his own work has had on like pop culture and like how we teach kids about the Holocaust. Yes, because like it's kind of it's it's in a sense it's not just a story and a personal story. It's also kind of a teaching tool. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. I don't know if that's out quite yet, but I, I saw it on like Goodreads or whatever, so it might not be quite out yet. But I'm I'm very interested in things like that, like a very like a meta analysis of your own work. I think that's really interesting. Um, you know, every thirty superhero books I read, I have to break it up with something else. I'm trying to branch out my horizons. I have no opposition to reading other books. It's just they don't catch my eye as frequently. But this is one of the ones that it's it's been so long since I've read it. It's like yeah, let's go back to that. Yes. Very good. Yes. You know what else is very good? <sighs> Ending this show. Yes. Our patrons over patreon.com forward slash Dime Comic Bros Network. Caitlin and Jeff Lorenz keep the lights on here. They keep us buying books and all sorts of other fun stuff. So if you would like to help financially support this show, keep us on the air, on filling your ears with screeches and monkey noises. You can support us financially. It will be wicked cool. We have different tiers uh, with different rewards, including uh, stickers of various sorts, all designed by Colin, uh, art commissions, pencil sketches. Uh, you get your name shouted out on all of our episodes. You get exclusive access to Dime Comic Bros Happy Hour, uh, which is a companion show to this one where we just kind of ramble about random stuff. Life problems, traffic, Batman, whatever it is, uh, while we crack open a drink. Um, you also get early access to this show as well as our, uh, other show, Dime Gaming Bros Podcast, which comes out once a month where Jacob and I go over gaming stuff. We review a couple of games. We talk about the news. We watch a video game movie, which is usually painful. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. So go to patreon.com forward slash Dime Comic Bros Network. Uh, if you would like the sources for all of our news this episode, you can go to dimecomicbros.com. There's a page for all of the shenanigans. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram for updates, news, um, the fun, just fun little tidbits of random bullshit we get up to. Fun little titties. Uh, other, you know, content creators that we like, stuff that we, you know, boost with our tiny platform, you know, uh, video essays and podcasts and whatnot that we enjoy. Um, and tune in next week. Next week is, uh, Electra, Black, White, and Blood. Fingers freaking crossed all three of us are going to be here. Um, I will die next week. For real, if I am dead. If I die and I can't attend, I will, like, actually unalive myself. Huh? Huh? Come back next week, because we'll be talking about a comic book with boobs in it, and Colin will be angry and horny the whole time. It's going to be very funny. Yes. I like how you instantly like shut the door as I had toothpaste in my hand. Like I was gonna go get ready, like wash up, and you're like, "No, we're recording." 
You can no do that after. Show. Like, your teeth aren't going to get all sweaty during this. No, they're not. That's not how this works. <laughs> Oh my word, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I want Jacob to get very annoyed. I will annoyed. beat the shit out of you. <laughs> the Jacob texted making a porno or making a podcast.